Ask Wildman, the weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions, is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. My name is Miles Bassett. I'm the CEO and founder of Wildman Web Solutions. That is a digital agency based here in lovely Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, we seek to help small, medium-sized businesses leverage technology to grow and achieve their goals. Uh, so in the line of our work, we come across a lot of different questions from business owners um, and entrepreneurs or people trying to get businesses started. They want to get online. They need websites. They need advertising. They need social media. And they come to us with all their questions. So. We started this open Q&A for anyone and everyone who wants to learn a little bit about digital marketing, technology, business. Uh, this show is for you. Uh, we're streaming live right now to our Facebook page, YouTube channel, and for the first time ever to Twitch. So hello, Twitch. Um, if you have any questions about anything I list above or you just want to ask us how our day is going, uh, please throw your questions in the comments below. If you're catching this later, you're not watching us live, you can still participate by emailing your questions to askwildman at wildmanweb.com. All right, me and my team are here to answer any and all of your questions. I'm going to bring in my partner, Mike, here to hopefully answer some questions on the marketing side of things. Hello, Mike. Good morning, Miles. How morning. in the heck are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Another uh, another beautiful day that is not Arctic anymore, so I'm, I'm happy with it. Could have spent a little time outside. That'll get you wired, fired, and inspired, won't it? Yes, Absolutely. indeed. All right. So, uh, like I said here, this is an open Q&A, so feel free to throw your questions in the comments below or email us your questions at askwildman at wildmanweb.com, and we'll get to them either via email or next week. I guess I didn't forget to mention that we're doing this every week, Wednesdays at 11, live streaming to our social platform, so pick one. Um, and if you think what we're doing here is valuable, we're providing some good information, then please give us a like, share, subscribe, follow depending on your social platform, you know what to do. All right, I'm getting the comments. Yes, open yes, Miles, here. before we get into the questions and helping people, I, just, yeah. I got a little insight. I got a little insight baseball here. What, Please. Can we, not have the, can we not have the cool sounds on the intro anymore? What happened? Oh, they're that's, supposed to be audio fair. if there wasn't. Oh, <laughs> man. Well, maybe I just couldn't, maybe I couldn't hear it backstage. Okay. Well, if not, we got to get that. Yeah, fixed. I guess we should. I thought, that, I thought that was the best part of the show, um, usually. So, yeah, well, I was we, a little uh, worried. We just switched streaming platforms last week. So, um, you'll have to give me a little bit to, there's a little learning curve. <laughs> there, there may be a couple of odd bits I'll, here and there. I'll forgive you this time, Miles, but <laughs> I, I, I need those sound effects really loud in the intro next week. Okay. All right. Now you we got it. People. Thank you. All right, looks like we got a couple of comments coming in here. Good morning, Jeff, as always. Oh, good morning, Jeff. But I was getting worried, I and mean, we missed him last week. I'm glad to see he's healthy and back with us this week. 
Yep. Well, um, if you are interested, you got some questions or you just want to throw your comments in on whatever we're, we're uh, discussing here, you want to throw in your two cents, please follow Jeff's lead and uh, comment, 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 comment. All right. So uh, waiting for some those questions to come in here. I see some people trailing in, but I believe we had a couple of news updates uh, that you wanted to get to, Mike. You mentioned a little bit before the show. Actually, Miles, ho yeah, hold on, hold off on the news. We'll do a okay. news break coming up. Let's jump into some questions, though. Uh, I think we have one coming from Google My Business about Google My Business before, but the the news desk is not quite ready to deliver the news yet. Okay, <laughs> uh, all right. And, and also, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm gonna go tweak something in the back. I'm gonna go tweak something in the back real quick. So give me about 10 seconds. I'll be back. All right. So okay, so we did have a couple of questions coming in beforehand regarding Google My Business. So I wanted to take a little bit of time and speak to that. Um, Google My Business is just Google's business listing platform. Um, it's kind of half directory, business directory, half social media platform, um, half map service, and it's tied into all of Google's other information, their listing information, their search information, their advertising platforms. Um, so it's a, it can be an incredibly powerful tool that um, I've been surprised to see a lot of local businesses not leveraging to its fullest extent. Um, there are entire subcultures on online going into Google My Business or GMB, um, and, and people subscribe to it just religiously. There are some out there, I'm not among them, but there are some out there that claim that a good Google My Business listing is more important than even having a business website at all. Um, and so if they're prioritizing getting your business online in the first place, then they're going to have you get set up on Google um, uh, getting a Google My Business listing before even considering building out your own website. Um, I like having my own website. I like businesses having that. There's a creative outlet there that doesn't really exist on, on GMB. Um, it really allows you to create your own place, um, your own online storefront, if you will. Um, and, and Google My Business doesn't really have that. But man, Google likes working with its own tools. And so um, whether you're doing basic Google advertising or you're trying to rank and search, the best thing that you can do is play their own game. Um, so setting up Google My Business is incredibly powerful and also just really easy. Uh, it doesn't take any technical proficiency or anything, and it immediately gives you certain benefits like showing up in search, some basic search optimization, um, gets you higher access and better access to advertising and other tools from Google. Um, it gives you the opportunity to be listed in their um, their three pack or snack pack or whatever you want to call it right there at the very top. When you search something, you see the ads, you see a, a map block with three listings. That's their three pack. And that's really where you want to be for local search. Um, and the way that you get there is by setting up an effective Google listing or a GMB listing. So yeah, if anyone has any questions on Google My Business, please throw those in the comments here. Uh, but that's that's kind of the big wins there is it's super easy to set up. You're playing Google's game and they are they are the king of online search. Um, gives you 
better access to their other tools, to analytics, to um, advertising, and to just some basic yeah. search optimization. Um, it also allows people to to rate you online, to give you good uh, reviews. You can't get those Google reviews if you don't have a proper listing. And it really just gives you more control of your own online presence. Uh, so it's a super easy way to get started on um, search engine optimization and uh, establishing your presence online. If you've got nothing else and you really don't know where to start, this is probably a pretty smart way to get going. Mike, did you have any um, input on on just Google My Business or do we have any uh, other more specific questions? Yeah, I have a couple things to add there, Miles. I'm, and I'm not sure which one of us it is. One of us, I think, has a a slow internet connection. Uh, I just went and uh, had some stern words with my my 14 year old to tell him to uh, stop using 17 devices at once. So hopefully, hopefully that will help it on my end. But uh, may, maybe see what you could do on your end as well. Uh, yeah, Google My Business right now is huge. If you're a local, if you're a local business, especially, which I think you know most of our audience is, and uh, you know Google, love them or hate them, uh, you know they have thrown a couple bones. Uh, the local small businesses way uh, since the coronavirus hit. And one of the things that they're doing is they're really optimizing local businesses through Google My Business. And uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't know about it completely replacing your, your current website or, or getting a website. I wouldn't go that far with it. But I would think about it as my second website uh, because it is really, really important and you want to make sure that you're uploading content to it, you know, regularly, just like you would on your, on your normal website for SEO purposes. Uh, you can run ads against it as well, which is highly effective and cost efficient right now. Um, yeah, as Miles talked about, reviews is a great way to get reviews. But it is really kind of a, a I won't say a hidden gem, but maybe an underutilized gem out there that I think more small businesses should and can be taking advantage of it. Uh, but right now, the people that are, are getting their unfair uh, advantage from Google My Business because it is, it is really crushing it. I mean, I've, I've, I've heard from people that have said that uh, once they started optimizing their Google My Business, they saw a bigger boost in sales and business than anything that they've done prior on you know, content, organic, or paid marketing uh, within the last nine months. And so uh, I, hopefully that trend will continue, uh, but it is, it is certainly an underutilized asset that everybody should be leveraging for their small local business. Yeah, and a, a couple of points in there. I mean, as you said, it is, I think it is one of the easiest things to, one of the easiest things to do, the biggest bang for your buck that you can get for just an absolutely free, um, pretty easy thing to do. Again, you don't have to have any sort of technical proficiency or anything. Um, you know, we can help you out with it, and we do set up and optimize Google listings for people. But you can just go online and search how to do it. Google has a bunch of great support articles. If you go to YouTube, there's a ton of great walkthroughs for getting yourself set up and optimizing your listing. Another thing to note here is like one of the big wins here is that it is it is free, um, but not. Uh, there are some rumors out there and there have been for some time that at some point um, in the not so distant future, Google is at least entertaining the idea of charging for the service. Um, so I don't know if this is going to stay free forever, if there's going to be some sort of paid structure or if it's going to tie into, you know, something like their, their search um, systems or their um, advertising, if it's going to be part of Google ads or something like that. 
Um, there's a there's a bunch of different things floating around out there. They're really just rumors at this point, but there is a potential that this could be uh, a paid service, or at least there are going to be paid elements around it at some point in the not so distant future. So leverage it right now while it's free and easy. Um, it's a huge, huge, easy, free win. Uh, so get yourself listed on Google My Business and also continue to utilize it. It's not just a one and done thing. You get yourself set up and then you have a listing out there. Continue to use it. As I said before, it's kind of a social media platform as well in that you can post to it. Your posts can receive comments. You can have that sort of one-on-one -on -one engagement with your audience in the same way that you would on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Google likes to see that as well. Um, having regular posts to your Google listing shows them that you are an active business, that you are actively attempting to promote yourself um, and put information out there and engage with your audience. That tells them that they are, um, that you are an authoritative source and that you are the kind of organization or business that they would want to promote. Ultimately, Google and the other search engines, they win when their customers which are the people who are searching, find relevant search results. So it wouldn't be good for Google if a bunch of their people or a bunch of their audience were searching for something and not finding what they wanted. They'll stop, then people will stop using Google. They only win when um, they're, uh, when people search on Google and they find relevant information. So Google is always looking for the most relevant, the most authoritative sources out there. They look to see if you have a Google my business listing. They look to see if you have a website, if you're regularly, regularly producing content, if you have other social media presences, um, if people are engaging with you, if a lot of people are going to your website or interacting with your posts, either on Google or other social media uh, platforms, that tells them that you are an authoritative source. People are wanting to see you and therefore other people may want to see you and you may be a relevant um, point to show on search. This can be the beginning of your search engine optimization journey is just getting yourself set up on Google, posting regularly, interacting with it regularly. Um, if you're getting reviews there, respond to those reviews and interact with those. Anything that you can do to show Google that you are active and you are engaging with people, that helps um, Google to understand that you are uh, someone that they should be displaying in search prominently. Well, hopefully we are uh, we've addressed our streaming issues here. I'm watching it over here and it looks like it's, it's working yeah. just fine. So I, I think, it, I think it's ahead. on my end, but <laughs> I, I've done what I can at this point, Miles. Uh, if we don't have any questions down there in the, in the queue, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm ready to go into news now. If, if you'd like me to miles. All right. We've got one question that's popped up that should be pretty easy and we can address the others okay. afterwards. Um, let's get to it. Yeah, question is how do we post on other Facebook pages as my business? So I'll how be do we post from okay. What was the question again? Can you repeat that? Sorry. Okay. How do we how post, do we on, post other on other Facebook pages as my business? Okay. So acting as my business page, how do I I'm gonna expand that to how do I interact with other posts, other pages as my business page? I will share okay. a okay. Facebook um help article with you that kind of details this. But as long as you're an admin on, on your page, you should be able to, well, it depends on what you're trying to do, I guess. There are some restrictions as far as interacting as a page on um, you know, other people's pages or within groups or something. But if you're just going through your newsfeed, there should be a little drop down at the bottom 
right-hand side of uh, of the uh, of the post itself, where it'll show your profile picture, and you should be able to uh, click that drop down and then select um, from one of the pages that you are an admin of. But I'll go ahead and post that uh, help article here in the comments. Sorry about that. Right, I was just addressing that question. And like I said, I'm putting a Facebook help article in the comments so people okay. can reference this later. Um, so Jeff, who asked this here, um, yeah, like I said, there are some sort of limitations that Facebook has as far as interacting with certain types of content as a page or as an organization. So if you don't see this option available to you, it's probably not because you're doing something wrong. It's because the platform doesn't allow it. Um, but mostly, yeah, you're looking, um, uh, go through the steps detailed in this article that I'm sending you here, and it should allow you to interact with at least basic posts and other content as an organization or as a page um, that you have admin privileges on. Yeah, so he wants to share news as my page on some other related sites. Uh, so other related pages you want, or are you talking about groups or is there's, there's different talking, rules regarding yeah. those things. I think, I think he's talking about in the newsfeed, commenting on other people's posts is the way I, I, I read that question, Miles. Okay. Well, like I said, I just put a Facebook um, help article there that should uh, show you what I'm talking about. So just walk through those steps. But basically, if you're yeah, just going through but, newsfeed and you want to comment, then just look at the bottom right-hand corner and look for that drop-down. Yep. Yeah, you just need to make sure that you're acting as your page uh, when, you're, when you're interacting uh, with, with other people's pages or posts. And then, yeah actually have to usually join as the, as the organization or as the business page and not as, a, as your personal Facebook page in order to uh, post in a group. Uh, and some groups won't allow you to do that. So just FYI. Yeah, here, check this out. So I'm on my Facebook page here. Here's our last post, by the way, follow us at Wild Man Web. We put all that's good content. And here at the bottom right-hand corner, I'm, I see this little picture, that's my profile picture. If I click on that, then I can see all of the pages that I am an admin on, including our company page here. As soon as I select that, anything I do as far as interacting with this post will be as this organization. So I can like, I can comment, I can share based on, uh, or as this organization, as this page. If you don't see this option here, follow the steps in the article that I showed you. And if you still don't see anything there, it's probably because the platform doesn't allow you to interact with that particular piece of content as, uh, as an organization or as a page. So hopefully that answers your question there. Um, if not, please follow up with us in the comments, or if you have any other insight on, on this or anything else we're talking about, please throw those, uh, throw those comments in below. Okay, so let's uh, throw to the news desk. What is All right. going on? Coming in and hot from the Wildman Web news desk here. Well, after we got um, done with the show, this seems to happen almost every Wednesday to us. So I'm like, I'm afraid to look at the news after we get done with the show. Uh, big news drops, though. And so last week, uh, Google put out a statement um, Wednesday afternoon basically saying that they were abandoning their entire business model <laughs> in the foreseeable future and that they would no longer be, well, not immediately, but in the near future that they would be basically phasing out uh, tracking your search results 
and using that data to then uh, serve you ads. And so this is just the latest in a long list of updates coming from both Google and Apple, which are basically phasing out third-party data and, uh, and cookies and you know the traditional ways that we've been uh, tracking people, so to speak, for lack of a better term, and, uh, and serving them ads across the internet for you know, the last 10 or so years. Uh, and so a big shift you know, is, is coming down the pipe on, on multiple levels. Uh, to be honest, I, Miles, I've been so busy, I haven't been able to do a deep dive into this specific uh, announcement other than just reading the, the initial article and posting it. Uh, on our social feeds, but you know, it, it all just goes back to what we've been saying about how you really have to now, as a small business owner especially, get focused on collecting and utilizing and leveraging zero and first party data. That is uh, data that people give directly to you and not relying anymore on third party data because within a matter of months uh, and certainly by next year of this time, the, that entire landscape is going to be completely changed. And so if you're not making the adjustments right now, then uh, you're going to be behind the ball and uh, you're really going to be hurting uh, when, when all these things come down the pipeline, if that's what you've been relying on uh, for your marketing and your sales up to this point. And so uh, what people need to do is they need to think about how can I engage with my audience, engage with my customer, with my client in order to leverage uh, my knowledge or my expertise or what they want from me in order to get them to give me their data, right? You know, typically people want to do some sort of a, uh, you know, hey, here's a buy one, get one, you know, or something like that. You don't necessarily have to discount anything. You know, people will give your, their email or something if they think that there is something for value in the, uh, for them on the other side of it. But uh, that's really, really important in building up your email list, you know, building up your video content, uh, leveraging platforms like text messaging you know, or chatbots through Messenger uh, are all you know, different ways and many more uh, that you can get around this and you can still be effective with communicating with your audience even after third-party cookies have been completely obliterated from the digital landscape. Uh, so that was a big, big piece of news that came down the pipe, Miles, uh, and I'm sure it's not the last major announcement that we'll have from our friends over there at Google. Um, before the year is out. So uh, in, in another, you know, just going back to the Google My Business aspect of it, another great reason to jump into that and leverage that because as Miles was alluding, they may take that away. Uh, but for right now, that is a, uh, a wonderful, wonderful tool that you don't have to pay for. You just have to be able to use it and use it well, and it can really reap big rewards for you. A uh, couple other things, Miles, we've been We've been uh, talking lately about the retail world, specifically the, the mega giant retailers. And we've, uh, I think it was last week on the show that we did a little deep dive into Macy's and what they've been doing to reinvent themselves, becoming a media company. Uh, and, and, and really there's several of them out there. And so I got another one here for you uh, that we haven't talked about. I don't believe we've talked about this one yet, but Nordstrom is uh, also one of these heritage brands in retail. And one of these kind of slow moving giants that was maybe uh, a little late on the uptick, so to speak, of getting in the digital world and into e-commerce and suffered tremendously 
uh, for it. Their stocks have just been absolutely massacred uh, over the course of the last decade. But they are also reinventing themselves in a new way. And what they're doing is they've made partnerships with popular DTC brands. Uh, DTC, of course, you know, direct to consumer, basically the current state of commerce on the internet, you know, e-commerce. And that is what many people are familiar with today, where we go on an, on the internet, we buy something directly from the people that make it and they send it to us. And it basically is cut out the middleman or middle person. Uh, you know, and that's really the story of the entire internet. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what the internet is doing is it's just squeezing the middle and it's allowing uh, direct to consumer to take over the landscape. So what these, what Nordstrom has done and I think it's smart on both sides. I think it's smart for the DTC brands, and I think it's obviously really smart for, for Nordstrom because they're tapping into brands that currently identify with a younger generation and with the up-and-coming generation. And so what they've done is they've uh, uh, had 20, I think, brands at this point that have uh, uh, Bonobos is one, Everlane is another one. People are probably familiar with those brands, but uh, 20 in all. And what they're doing is they're going to bring those in-house and sell them, not exclusively, but uh, exclusively as far as other retailers on the Nordstrom website and then in Nordstrom locations. And this is the first time, for example, that uh, Bonobos, a men's clothing brand, has been showcased in an actual store other than the one showcase store that they have in New York City, I believe. And so it's a way for the DTC brands to also reach a, a new audience. It's a way for people to go and try on the clothes and touch and feel the material and everything like that. And it's also, of course, a new way for Nordstrom and some of these bigger brands to keep their current customers interested and bring in new customers that are right now, you know, their attention has been grabbed by these DTC brands who typically build their businesses on the back of Facebook, Instagram, and social media with uh, great content marketing plays and, and just great marketing and advertising in general. So I see this uh, as the direction of a trend that is, is, is coming uh, to fruition now where, uh, you know, it's not, a lot of people think, oh, DTC is going to completely remove traditional retail. I, I don't see it that black and white. I think it's going to be that there's going to be some sort of a, a merge here where, you know, there's going to be mutually interest in parties that are getting benefited by both of these agreements where the DTC brands are going to get actually more visibility. They're, 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 here's the interesting thing is I think the DTC costs or their acquisition costs are going to drop, you know, because I mean, that's the biggest thing that DTC, DTC brand has to fight right now, right? Is their marketing costs versus their actual sales and lowering that cost of acquisition, which is what every company should be focused on, but especially when you're in the DTC world. And so if I can get more eyeballs, more touches, more feels on my clothing, I'm probably going to have a higher rate of people buying the clothes, liking them and not returning them. And I don't have to spend additional ad revenue in order to get that. And so that's a way that I can scale the brand, right? I'm not having to spend more money in order to get growth. I'm taking a different avenue and I'm getting growth and that's really the heart of scaling. Uh, but, you know, really, I think, you know, the, the big picture takeaway from this, Miles, is that, you know, once again, the Internet has won. And for those of us who are keeping track now, uh, the Internet is undefeated. It has never been beaten, uh, no matter what brand we're talking about, 
um, you know, even Walmart, you know, is really, you know, uh, positioning right now, as I think we talked about a couple of weeks on the show, uh, to, you know, fight uh, Amazon uh, in the e-commerce space. And, you know, this is this trend is just going to continue, uh, at least for the rest of our lives, Miles, I believe that the Internet will, will remain undefeated and will keep crushing the middle. And so what we have to do as brands and businesses is find a way to leverage that and not get caught underneath the uh, pressure of the steamroller, so to speak, as this thing starts just rolling down the pipe, getting faster and faster. So uh, that's just a quick little news update I had there for you, Miles. Uh, you can add something to that or we can get back into answering questions for the people. Yeah, I just want to throw a little bit extra on that and kind of piggyback on your last comment there. And that is that the, the internet will always win. But big caveat, the internet is always changing as well. This is a, a dynamic beast. And so when we say the internet is all, will always win, will always come out on top, that can mean a vastly different thing today than it does uh, next year or 10 years from now. Um, or hell, next week, that could be massively <laughs> different. Um, so, you know, part of part of our job is to stay on top of that, uh, that kind of thing. But I like to hear your input on this as well, because this kind of ties into both the news stories that you just uh, brought up there. It seems like there is a bit of a trend going on um, with the updates from from Apple updates from um, Google, then you see the, the lawsuits against big tech, um, you see government jumping in and, and, you know, at least considering different types of uh, regulation or encouraging different types of activity, dis discourage different, different types of activity when it comes to social media, um, different policies on information collection and information sharing uh, between different platforms. It's really seeming like it's all going in one particular direction. Um, and that is that you know, we always talk about operating on something that you own, utilizing your website because you own that, utilizing an email list because you own that, utilizing a text uh, platform because you own those, fo those phone numbers. I think these other platforms and these other technologies are moving in a similar direction and are taking control of their own data um, and requiring you to use their data while on their platform rather than just mm -hmm. the internet being this giant pool of everyone's information for all time. Um, I don't know if that's a, if that's a win or not. Um, it definitely, definitely makes our lives as digital marketers a little bit more challenging in some ways. Um, but it kind of seems like everyone is taking our advice here and moving towards really owning their own information. Whether you're talking about small businesses running their, their digital ads for the first time or tech giants like Google and Facebook, um, they're, they're treating information a little bit different. Um, and I think that we're moving closer and closer towards something more resembling an email list or a phone list than what we have traditionally seen over the last couple of years yeah. uh, regarding information provided to us as marketers. Yeah, great points there, Miles, and, and a, a whole lot to unpack. Um, you know, let me just take it first from the, from the data standpoint. I do think that, yes, that entire landscape is changing. Some of it is directly from uh, government regulations that are coming down the pipe. Uh, California has, uh, has already instituted uh, some laws and that and Google cited those in, in that announcement. 
that you know that they, that's one of the reasons that they were making these changes was to uh, come into into I guess uh, conformity with these laws before they before they really came into effect. So they would, would avoid fines, which they've been getting fines uh, in the in the EU, both um, Google, Facebook, Apple, you know, all of them, um, for for a number of years now uh, from from their regulatory agencies, and so. That's certainly part of it, and I do think that there's a new dynamic coming down the pipe uh, just in terms of the Internet in general, and, uh, and, and you're absolutely right that the only thing that is constant here is that the Internet's not going away and the Internet's not staying the same. You know, those are the two things that we can, we can really uh, count on, and you know, what we have right now in the current state of the Internet is we have these behemoth companies that were basically early adapters to creating platforms that became, you know, the landscape, for lack of a better term, for the internet itself. And now, you know, going back to the DTC brands, and then what happened is that then other companies basically built themselves on top of those platforms, which allowed DTC to happen, which allowed the middle person to, uh, to be eliminated, which is an end win for the consumer, you know, nine times out of 10, right? And that's why the internet's undefeated because the market is the market is the market is the market. It's like, you know, the market will always win. Okay. And so if, if it's going to be the, going to benefit the consumer, that's, what's going to happen. Um, and, and the same thing with the data, you know, the pushback from the consumers, the vast majority of people out there do not want their data collected. And so that's the other part of this is that they've got to find other ways or they're going to lose influence with their end user, with their end consumer. Uh, and I promised myself I wouldn't talk about Clubhouse today on the show, but I'm going to break that. I'm going to break that right now. <laughs> yeah, no one believed that for a moment. <laughs> I, I, was up, I was up talking on Clubhouse till one in the morning last night, so I figured I'd give it a rest, uh, but I can't help myself. But, you know, I think that this is maybe, uh, you know, where the model of new platforms like Clubhouse are going, because Clubhouse, at least they claim, you know, if, you, if we're taking them at their word, that they're collecting zero data uh, from their users. They're not reselling it. They're not even collecting it. Uh, they're not leveraging it. Uh, they're not going to create an ad platform, which has basically been the the uh, the monetary, of uh, the monetization structure for all of these platforms. You know that we have so far, is that they basically just took the same model that we've been running in in media for hundreds of years. That hey, we'll give you information, we'll give you value, we'll give you entertainment, but we're also going to interrupt that periodically to give you messages from sponsors that you may or may not care about. And those people are going to pay us and that's how we're going to, you know, fund our operations. And so there, there's, there's, there is, and I think there will be new models emerging uh, rather quickly. And, you know, I, I'm obviously very bullish on clubhouse. Uh, I think it's the future of social media. I think it's in some ways, the future of the internet for a couple different reasons, not only because, they aren't collecting data. They aren't going to monetize it through ads, but it's it's also you know like we talked about voice before. And Miles, we really do need to do a deep dive on voice uh, coming up here in the next few weeks. Uh, just a little reminder of that <laughs> uh, between the two of us. But it's it's also different in the fact that it's it, you know traditional social media is in a lot of cases it's one to many, right? It's like I make a post, 
and it's supposed to go out to my audience. And yes, my audience can come in the comments and they can leave. There's some back and forth there, but it's not like you and I having this back and forth right now, is it? Right. It's not like an actual organic human conversation. But and that's what Clubhouse does is that instead of one to many, it's many to many in real time and, you know, and using voice and using that connectivity. And like like last night in the room I, I was in, you know, as we had at one point 20 different people, you know, in the conversation talking most of them from all across America. We had people from Europe. We had a guy over in Hong Kong, you know, offering in you know, their perspectives on the topics we were discussing in real time, where else can that happen? You know, it, that doesn't happen on a one-to-many platform. That doesn't happen on a podcast. That doesn't, certainly doesn't happen in traditional media, right? But, it, but so I, th- I think, and, and that's where I think, you know, this whole new kind of revolution of social platforms is going to go. And I know I'm going on a little bit of a tangent here, Miles, but, but the, the point is, is that, you know, this the only thing that we know for sure is that there are a lot of things are going to change. The market is the market, and the internet, as long as it keeps serving the, the consumer and the customer, is going to continue to win. And so, what we need to do as small businesses, going back to my original point, or any kind of business, is position our company to serve our customers the best way we can by cutting out as many hoops as possible and giving them directly what they want. Uh, and that's what the internet empowers us to do and and that's what we need to take full advantage of um, in whatever form that it currently is in right and i I think that's kind of what we've been harping on for the last couple of weeks if not the last couple of months um, is really taking control of your audience um, and of your online presence so you can continue to communicate to that customer base um, regardless of what changes come down the pike later on I do find it interesting that uh, Clubhouse, among other social media apps, are moving to a a slightly different advertising uh, strategy. That maybe it looks like Google or Facebook or you know some of these other tech giants might be leveraging at least partially here in the near future, which reminds me of the old style. Uh, we're talking like uh, you know TV ads, um, where instead of targeting individuals or particular groups, demographics, you know, I want to hit women this age to this age in this geographic area that have X, Y, and Z interests. You know, that's how you do a typical Facebook ad. But when you're advertising on TV, you have to do a little bit of research and understand who is watching this particular show or this network at this time, um, and then present your information during the show or during the spot that makes the most sense for you to reach these particular individuals. So, um, you know, a, a different kind of company would advertise on a show on HGTV than would advertise on the Food Network, uh, for example. And I think that, uh, well, Clubhouse anyway, their proposed ad um, strategy is sounding a little bit more like that, or they're going to leverage influencers. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, a particular influencer or the owner of a group or of a room um, would place ads in there for the members of that group, understanding that the members of that group probably have some sort of common interest. Rather than targeting individuals or demographic groups, you're targeting um, these these influencers or these people that have a specific type of attention and then using them to position your product, your service in front of the right group. So it's yeah. still the same um, overarching strategy. Um, 
it just kind of changes the marketing a little bit, changes the positioning a little bit. Um, but I, I am seeing more and more platforms look at that kind of model. And I'm wondering if that's not where some of these tech giants are going to be going as well. Yeah, I think, I think you're correct, Miles. You know, that, that kind of traditional media buying, media planning, um, you know, ethos and, and tactics and strategy, I think is going to come back to the forefront. Uh, you know, and that's, that's something that, you know, is, is interesting about Clubhouse in general and just watching it grow is, you know, even a, <clears throat> several weeks ago, you and Anna were making fun of me, you know, because you, you were like, because, you know, you know, early on in, in Clubhouse, which it's, it's still very, very early on, but, you know, it was mostly sales coaches and, you know, motivators and marketing people like me and, you know, people just want to, you know, kind of talk all day long about business and, and get you motivated to go out and make a million dollars today and all this stuff. And you guys were like, this is kind of like a cult. You know? and, and there was some truth to that. Yeah, jury's but still out on that one. It, well, well, but, but go and spend some more time on it today because like just in the last couple months, it's completely different. I mean, I mean, those people are still there. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, as the platform opens up, it's like, man, now there's dating shows and there's sports and there's music and, for better or worse, there's politics on the platform now. I've been staying out of those rooms, but you know, it's really opening up into a real community with all of these different diversity and topics and things like that. And so what this does from a brand standpoint is that it really allows you to um, practice the principle that we preach a lot here on, on the show and, and just in, in our lives miles. And that is that, you know, it's better to move 10% of the audience, hundred percent of the way, and not try to reach 100% of the audience because you're only going to move them 10% of the way, 95% plus of the time. Uh, you know, reach is overrated. I think it's probably the most overrated metric in marketing and advertising. You know, it, I, I just want to talk to, I don't care necessarily how many people I talk to. I want to talk to the right people in the right way and move them 100% uh, through, my, through my branding, through my sales funnel and get them to do business with me. So that's what we can do and we can really kind of niche down uh, and, and really, you know, sponsor certain shows and, and, you know, do product placement and things like that, uh, not only across Clubhouse, but across uh, media in general. And I think that that's a little bit of a lost art form, Miles, uh, that, you know, we need to be, we need to hearken back to, uh, so to speak. Hey, this could be a big win for some, uh, some older fashioned admin out there or some people that worked in traditional we're, marketing at some we're point. We're coming back, baby. They thought <laughs> we were dead. They tried to bury us and here we come. Because now at least the there's game. a there's a certain <laughs> element and has been for a while of, you know, anyone can be a, a, a Facebook advertising specialist. Anyone can be a digital advertising <laughs> specialist. And well, that's you get truth. all these people out there that really have no idea what they're doing um, or they, they don't have the skill set required to you know, really be effective, but the platform is relatively easy. There's a small learning curve, at least to get you in and going and doing stuff. And so there's just this influx of people that, um, you know, maybe shouldn't have been doing this professionally that decided to jump in, uh, in into that boat. So, um, well, you're, well, you know, you're speaking my language of, there, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> there's a potential of that changing um, as these marketing strategies and as these platforms adapt to, um, you know, the new requirements of data gathering um, and, and trying to be a little bit less invasive uh, is people don't realize that, you know, we're still in the infancy of the internet. This thing is, um, 
you know, just decades old at this point. Um, and in its current iteration with what we're currently seeing as far as social media, um, this has all happened in the last couple of years. It's kind of, it's so, um, it's so invasive into our lives. There's so much of it. Uh, it's all, so all encompassing that it feels like it's kind of all always been here, but um, at least the current iteration of it is really just a few years old. So um, I think we're going to see a lot of these tectonic shifts, these massive changes in these platforms and how they operate over the next couple of years as we approach maybe something more like an adolescence or maybe even early adulthood of what the internet is going to become. Um, yeah. So we got to make sure that we're staying on our toes out there, business owners out there. You got to make sure that you're staying on top of all this stuff and do what you can right now while it's, while it's easy, while it's cheap, while it's free. Even we were talking at the top of the show about Google, my business listings. Um, that is just a, a stupid, easy, highly effective thing that you can go out and do today. If you haven't done it already, um, that is, you know, grabs you, your, your, premium or premium listing out there gets you started on SEO, gets you started on advertising, gets you started on a, a, a solid online presence for nothing but a half hour of work. So um, as these things change and adapt and things get a little bit more complicated um, and the, the whole world shifts around us, um, when you find a good opportunity, when you find a land grab like on Auden Clubhouse, new emerging social media platforms, when you find an easy opportunity like a Google My Business listing, capitalize on it. You can't afford not to. Yeah, for sure, Miles. It, and it's it's funny because, you know, one thing that I've really found true is that the more things change, the more they stay the same. Uh, you know, meaning that, you know, the more things that change in, in, in marketing and digital technology, the more that we just myself, especially coming from the traditional advertising world, originally, the more that I rely on the things that, you know, have been true in advertising for a hundred years, and that those are the constants that, that, that the tools just change. But, you know, the actual, uh, you know, the, the actual things that advertising is based on, and, and really human psychology, and, and, and like, that's really what we're getting at, is that, you know, the internet and technology, actually, I heard this stat the other day that I think since World War II, technology has grown a trillion times from where it was. A trillion, that was a T, a trillion times from where it was. But, uh, you know, of course, the human brain uh, it moves a lot slower. And there hasn't been, you know, massive uh, leaps in human psychology in hundreds, probably thousands of years. Right. Like we're still, unfortunately, in some ways, we're still hardwired the way we were back in the, in the cavemen and women days. Uh, and, and, you know, that's it's hardwired into us and those cognitive biases are put, you know, strictly into us. And so when we you know, when things get confusing, we're like, oh, man, Google's changing everything again. They're taking third party data away. And like that's when people who don't have a foundation in marketing and advertising, they lose their you know what? And they get scared, you know, because they can't they can't just figure out this one little trick that they've been doing on this one tool when they change how that trick works or that tool works completely or they take the whole tool away. Uh, and so that's why, you know, just as business owners, but especially as marketing people, I actually think that we need to do a lot of studying uh, about what it's worked over. the. I've been doing it myself, Miles, even though I came from this. I mean, I, I didn't even plan this, you know, but I mean. 
figure, you know, reading the, the guys like this, Olgravy, you know, and, and the guys that were doing it 50, 100 years ago, that's where you're going to learn the methods and the strategies and the tactics that will work no matter what happens in the future. Uh, and so that's just something to keep in mind is that, you know, we always have to be staying up to, up to date on the trends and what's new and, you know, all of these new fads and things like that. But we also have to become educated and stay educated and keep learning about the tried, you know, the tried and true methods that have always worked and will always continue to work, Miles, because uh, I don't care. I actually would like, other than maybe Clubhouse, I would be fine if the entire Internet stopped tomorrow and just ceased to exist and we just went back to the way that was. I don't think that's going to happen. But, uh, you know, it's an interesting uh, you know, just mindset to put yourself in is that, you know, if the internet went away tomorrow, how could I grow my business? How could I uh, actually do better than I did before? And if you have those answers or you at least have an idea of how to have that conversation with yourself, then you're not going to panic every single time the internet changes because that's, that's something that's going to keep happening over and over again. And so you have to have a way to stay grounded uh, and stay true uh, to what's happening in your business when that does change. Yeah, it actually plays directly into um, I guess a webinar that I was on earlier this week um, talking about in-marketing tactics versus strategy and how people kind of use those words interchangeably. And that's really, that's really not the case. It's important to understand that your strategy is something overarching that can be applied on different platforms and yep. utilizing different tool sets. It's the strategy is still the same. Um, whereas, you know, tactics will change based on your tool sets and where, uh, where you're applying these things. Um, so regardless of where you are, what tool set you happen to be using, you should still have an overarching marketing strategy that is more uh, applicable to what you were just talking about. Those tried and true methods, those little locks in human psychology that gets them interested, that gets people engaged, that gets people ultimately um, ready to convert or to, to buy. Um, it's important to use these things as know as what they are to see them for what they are and that is tools these are just tools in your toolbox that it is not the end-all be-all of your marketing strategy um or of your business and you know like you said what would you do tomorrow if the internet was gone how would you grow your business because your marketing strategy should still hold outside of a particular tool set yeah. and that's another uh thing that we i don't think we really say enough here we really push people to leverage their own audience and to move into something that they truly own, that they have full control of. You know, we mentioned uh, your, your own website, your own email list. That's something that you control completely and totally. Um, and it's not dependent on external platforms like, you know, Facebook advertising. They could switch the rules tomorrow on you and all of a sudden your strategy um, doesn't necessarily make sense on that platform or utilizing that particular tool. Um, whereas in an email list or on your own website, you you have complete control over that. Um, and therefore you're not dependent on these third party companies. And one thing we don't really talk about is just the idea of diversification where maybe you don't put all of your eggs in one basket. If you are putting a hundred percent of your marketing efforts, your blood, sweat and tears into Facebook ads, and then they change the rules tomorrow or platform turns off tomorrow, who knows what happens, Facebook somehow implodes, then, um, you know, everything you have is gone. 
all of that equity that you've worked to build up is is gone. It was a poor investment. So um, in in a world like the internet, um, in in this digital age, things move so quickly and so drastically. Um, again, it seems like this has been around forever, just because it's so integral in our lives now. But th we're talking about stuff that's just a couple of years old, um, and is subject to major change at any time. You got to make sure that you have some sort of diversity in your marketing strategy. You don't have all your eggs in one basket, so that you can be agile, you can be nimble, you can shift priorities from here over to here and as things change and adapt you can change and adapt along with it yeah that excellent miles i'm, I'm just going to give people uh, one quick tactic here to increase the fundamental strategies and then and then i think maybe we'll, we'll move on to the to the last last thing before we uh, put a button on the show um you know if if you really want to understand human psychology and how you can utilize in your business to create fundamental strategies and tactics to grow your business and become more aligned with, with your customer and what your customer wants and needs. Then I, I encourage everybody to Google YouTube, buy the books. There's several books on this as well. Uh, but check out the 25 cognitive biases uh, because, you know, this is really what we're talking about uh, from a psychological standpoint is there's hard, there's hardwired psychological, or excuse me, hardwired biases in the human brain that everybody is subject to. And if you understand those, then you can leverage them for good, never use it for evil. Okay. This, this is powerful stuff. And some people do use it for evil. We're not promoting that. Wildman Web Solutions only promotes that you use this for good and to grow your business to help people. Um, but when you, when you understand the 25 Cognitive, cognitive biases, you can reverse engineer those in order to get people to know, like, and trust you, and then to, and, and then to, you know, offer your product and services to help them and to only help them. Remember that. Um, so yeah, there's a guy called uh, Charlie uh, Minger. He's uh, uh, Warren Buffett's partner. The dude's like a hundred years old, he's a freaking genius. Uh, highly encourage everybody. He's got some YouTube, uh, uh, I guess, lectures about this. Highly encourage everybody to check that out. Like I said, Google it, read some articles, check out a book about it, uh, study that and apply that to your business. Okay, Miles, do we have any questions down there or uh, should I tell my tale of, of cautionary website horrors uh, to close out the show? But if there's any, I want to make sure we answer anybody's questions that we got. Oh boy, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, doesn't look like we have any other questions in the comments. Um, okay. So yeah, if anyone does come up with anything here, we're probably gonna be closing out the show here on the hour. Um, so please email us your questions to askwildman at wildmanweb.com and we'll hit those next week on Ask Wildman Wednesday at 11. Mike, story time, story time. Okay, story time with Mike. So here's the cautionary tale, uh, true story, unfortunately. Uh, and, and Miles is going to help us um, with some advice here at the end of this so we can, so none of this can have this happen to us. Because to be honest, anybody can fall for this. Uh, and that is, you know, I mean, let's be honest, there's, there's some shady website companies out there. And there's a lot of people who just know that I need a website and that's all they know. <laughs> and, and so they get taken advantage, uh, you know, by these companies. And Miles and I, we hear these kind of horror stories a lot. Uh, unfortunately, you know, and I don't think it's the majority industry or anything like that. I mean, I think 90 plus percent 
excuse me, 90 plus probably uh, percent of um, you know web design and uh, and website companies out there are on the level, but you know, there's probably 10 percent or so that are there's complete shade balls. And so this happened to a friend of mine who serves on a board of directors uh, for a, a statewide non for profit, and they had bought a website uh, a couple years ago, I believe about 18 months ago. Uh, before he became president, he really wasn't involved in this whole process. And so he just kind of got thrown into it. And, you know, they were shopping around, they got some quotes, et cetera, et cetera. And they took the cheapest one, which, you know, should always kind of throw a red flag uh, your way that the cheapest option is not usually probably in your best interest. And so, you know, they got a WordPress site. It only cost them a thousand dollars. They even threw in a, a free, uh, a free hosting for a year, you know, it sounded like, Hey, this is a great deal. Let's take it and be done with it. Well, they, you know, basically are now held hostage by this company who did their website. And, you know, first it was, Hey, you got to pay us $800 for an SSL certificate. Then it was, Hey, we got to re up your hosting. You got to pay us five years in advance. So we have you locked in and our hosting. And then the latest thing, which he called me about yesterday, was he got an email from him saying, hey, it's time to update your domain. If you want, which is basically the name of your website, right? It's the address that your website lives on. Pretty important stuff. And most people are pretty attached to the domain name. And uh, they said, hey, if you want to keep your domain for the next year, it's only going to be $699. Or you could lock it in for five years for $1,700. Can you believe it? What a deal. And, uh, you know, luckily my, my friend wasn't born yesterday. This smelled a little fishy. And so he called me and he said, you know, what, what's the going rate for a domain? And now domain is simply supply and demand. And, you know, there's one unique domain. Uh, and so there's limited supply. And so if there is a lot of demand, you, you could end up paying a whole lot of money for a domain. That, that, that actually could happen. Uh, it's very rare though, unless you have something, you know, like getfood.com, you know, I mean, something that, you know, like I said, just a lot of people would be interested in having. Um, and of course this was a very unique domain name. We looked up, you know, what the, uh, the relative names to it would cost. Oh, it was a whopping $9 a year is what he could had, uh, his same name as a.com instead of a.org, which they currently have. And so, uh, you know, it, it's just a complete scam in my book, you know, when, when companies do this is that, you know, they come in, like I said, they lowball it, they get the deal, they never give anybody access to their website. And so they hold them hostage and then they just keep throwing these, these high ticket price items at them. To, so they end up spending a whole lot more than they ever would have dreamed if they just went with a reputable company uh, at the start, got a good website, you know, you don't have to pay an arm and a leg. Cause I'll also, you know, throw in this word of caution to you that just because it costs five times more doesn't mean it's great either. You know, Miles and I, unfortunately, we've come across the opposite end of this spectrum as well. Well, I won't say them by name, but there's companies in Kansas City that are charging people five times more than what we do, and they're piece of shit websites. They're crap. They're absolute crap, okay? <laughs> but, you know, they, they have a fancy office and some slick, uh, some slick talking salesmen, and, you know, they charge a lot of money and people fall for it. So you have to be careful on that in the spectrum as well. But, uh, and Miles is going to give us some tips here in a minute on how to do our due diligence. But that's really what I'm getting at is, you know, buying a website uh, is if you don't know what you're getting into, 
it can be like buying a used car that has a lot of problems that, you know, you don't see and you're not a mechanic. And it's, it's, you know, one thing after another is going to start coming down the pipeline and they're going to be really, really big invoices that you're going to start getting uh, in the mail. So Miles, tell us how to avoid that. So you don't have to, you don't end up like my friend. And by the way, just a quick conclusion to that horror story there. We are going to help them out. We're going to take them off of that system. We're going to give them a new website for basically next to nothing, just because we felt so bad that they've been taking advantage of it. And we don't want this kind of, uh, this kind of just terrible business practices to plague our industry. And so we're going to remedy the situation, but uh, we can't do that for, you know, the entire world, unfortunately, Miles. So tell people how they can uh, avoid this from the get. Yeah, unfortunately, there are some, like you said, shady characters in our industry. Um, I think you put it at 10%. I think that's really generous of you. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I think mostly just because a lot of the stuff gets fairly technical pretty quick. Um, and so I guess people can get away with it. Um, they think their clients don't really know very much about um, the products or the services that they're selling. And therefore they can get away with just throwing in some jargony terms and charging a bunch of money for, you know, black magic behind the curtain that you don't really understand what we're doing. So we're going to charge you $500 an hour for doing nothing. Um, so there are a couple of things that you can do to make sure that you are working with someone reputable um, and to avoid this uh, all too common problem. Um, the first thing and the biggest thing and the most challenging one, uh, don't worry, I'll get to some easier ones here real quick. But the biggest thing that you can do is to just know what you're talking about. You likened it to a, a used car lot. You know, I can go in there and be a much more powerful negotiator if I know a little bit about cars. I don't have to be an actual licensed mechanic or anything, but I know enough to know when you're making up parts that don't exist, for example. Um, that allows me to bypass some of the, the just the quick and dirty scams that, um, you know, come up all over the place. That'll get you past a lot if you just have a, um, a basic literacy about websites and technology. If at any point in the, uh, I don't know, the early communications or when you're starting to talk with a new agency, they start using a bunch of technical jargon um, or they try to talk over your head or somehow imply, oh, you won't know what we're talking about. That's a red flag for me uh, because, you know, you can speak in plain English about a lot of this stuff and if you really know what you're talking about um, and you are knowledgeable enough, then you can explain these things to a five-year-old and it's, it's perfectly fine. You, you don't have to go into absurd technical depth in order to um, explain the, the utility and the value behind some of these things that we're talking about. We're talking about websites or design or UI UX or SEO or a pile of other acronyms out there. You know, you can explain that fairly simply if you know what you're talking about. So if they start to say, ah, you'll never understand, just pay me a thousand dollars and I'll handle it. That's a red flag. Um, first tip past that is just to be very, very clear up front. Make sure that there are very clear set expectations. This isn't necessarily for a good agency or a bad agency. A good agency would hopefully guide you through this process and ask you the right questions. But 
um, regardless of who you're working with, make sure that there are very clear expect expectations set at the very beginning of the project so they know what they're supposed to be doing, you know what you're supposed to be doing, and both of you are completely clear on what the end result is going to be. And that'll uh, help you to end up with a product that you are actually happy with at the end, um, regardless of who you're working with. Um, another tip, if an agency, a web development agency has a crap website themselves, why would you <laughs> trust them to do your website? So go to their website, check it out. Great point, um, Miles. <laughs> it's, it's just crazy. Um, the number of web agencies and developers out there that have crappy websites. Now, part of that is, you know, some of them I know are just, um, you know, they are decent quality developers. They're just busy on their client stuff. And so they don't have a whole lot of time to turn inward and update their own site. That happens. But again, generally, as a rule of thumb, that's all uh, All these tips are going to be um, is check their website. And if they have a crappy website, maybe don't hire them. Um, this is one that directly applies to the conversation that we were just having with, with your friend over there, Mike. Um, Make sure that whoever you're working with gives you access to your own website. Um, regardless of what technology they're using, um, if they're doing a, a, a from scratch custom coded website, they should give you source code. If, they, um, if they're working on a content management system like most, um, most agencies are nowadays, then they should give you login access, admin access, that you have access to everything. You know, whenever we do a website for someone, I make sure to make to tell them you have access to absolutely everything that I do. Now, half these tools aren't going to make, uh, are, are, you're not going to use them, and you're probably not going to want to touch this. Um, but you know, here it is, just in case you ever need to access it, you do have access to it. And here's how you would, you know, get into the back end of your website. Here's how you access your database. Here's how you access, um, here's FTP access to the server. Um, even if you're never going to use these things, I want to make sure that you have access to it. So if uh, an agency is saying that they're not going to grant access to, or you know, they're not going to grant you access to your own website, then that's a huge red flag. That means they're trying to hide something. What else do we have here? Oh yeah, this wasn't actually my tip, but I heard this, um, or someone told me this a, a few weeks back and I kind of liked it, um, especially with uh, the modern context. And that is don't work with anyone that won't show their face. Uh, <laughs> have an actual uh, conversation with them. Um, so, you know, that might've been a little bit weird before now, but now everyone is used to having these sort of virtual conferences, these virtual meetings, set up a Zoom meeting with them, set up a Google meet with them, whatever, um, at least get on the phone with them and have an actual conversation. If all of your uh, correspondence are over email or via text or something like that, then that's a big red flag to me. Um, and if you ask them to meet with you, either in person or virtually, actually speak with you and show their face and they say no, that's um, that's a telltale sign of a problem at the very least, if not a scam. I'm back, Miles. Uh, Sorry, <laughs> I've I've been frozen there. I think for like the past ten minutes. So, oh, you've been frozen the whole show, but it's okay. Oh, I think your audio okay. has been going through. Um, <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I my, guess the rest uh, of my points. Uh, here are really looking at uh, looking at their website, look at their portfolio, look at their reviews, just like you would do any other business. Talk to people who they've worked with, look for any reviews out there. Hopefully they have a Google My Business listing that has reviews there, or they have social media, Facebook reviews. 
Um, if you can find anyone that's worked with them, try to get some sort of testimonials or something. Um, and then finally, there should always be some form of discovery phase, as Mike refers to as a CNA, customer needs analysis. Um, at the very beginning, if they don't do some sort of meeting with you in order to learn about you and learn about your business and really understand what it is you're trying to do, then they're probably not worth your time. Um, I've worked with a couple of agencies or I've seen a couple of agencies work with people that you know, won't go through that process of learning about you and your business and they just immediately give you a quote. They'll immediately give you like, okay, cool, it's gonna cost this much to do your website without really learning anything about you. Um, that means that they're not gonna give you uh, something that's really customized for you or that's really built for you. They've just got some template that they give everyone um, and they're not really going to bother uh, giving you something that's really worthwhile. Um, so especially if you're paying some a, a real amount of money, a real chunk of money for a, something like a website, make sure that they express that sort of um, that sort of curiosity and put an effort forward to learn about you and your business before giving you any kind of proposal. So those are my tips for interacting with um, digital agencies uh, and, and hopefully avoiding some of the issues that Mike brought up there. Um, basically, do your research, know what you're talking about before you go into the conversation, check them out online, anything you can find, reviews, testimonials, portfolio. Make sure that they are clear, open, and transparent. They're giving you access to your own site. They're willing to speak with you. They're willing to show their face and actually talk with you. And make sure that they're actually expressing a, a genuine interest in you, in your business, in your project before signing up with them. Fantastic, Miles. Well, do we have any questions down there? Or do we need to put this bad boy to bed and uh, go back to work? No, we got some comments here. Uh, I think just just on on what we're talking about here, we've got a a, a preach. So thank <laughs> you for that. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I think we're gonna wrap up the show here. We're we're a little over an hour, but we'll be back next Wednesday. And if you're catching this um, not live later, please email us your questions at askwildmanwildmanweb.com. I have that address scrolling below us in this crawler here. Um, so. Yeah, email us and we'll hit your questions next week, Wednesday at 11. Mike, any closing thoughts for the people? Thanks for listening. Uh, appreciate the questions. And uh, yeah, everybody just, you know, focus on those fundamentals. And uh, we look forward to talking with you next week. Send in some questions next week and we'll have some more fun. All right. Thanks, Mike. We'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks everyone for tuning in. This has been Ask Wildman, an open Q&A for anyone and everyone who wants to ask us at Wildman Web Solutions questions about advertising, technology, marketing, business, or anything else you want to throw in there. Um, so make sure to send us your questions at askwildman or askwildman at wildmanweb.com and we'll get to you next week. We're doing this every week, Wednesdays at 11, live streaming to Facebook, YouTube, and now Twitch. So pick your poison there and join us next week. Um, and I will see you then. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com.